So here's a question for you. Have you decided? Have you resolved in your heart before God to not defile yourself before a holy God? Have you made a solemn pledge that you will stay faithful to the Lord? It's so important that you make this critical decision today. Well, welcome to the Decision Point Podcast. I am your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where our mission is to proclaim the gospel to the next generation till every student has heard. I am so passionate about this mission, first and foremost, because it's a mission about a message that has power to change people's lives for eternity. Like Paul says in Romans 1:16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for every everyone who believes. Listen, in our world today, there are so many people who don't believe the gospel. They may mock uh, believers, but the gospel is still the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. And and we're also so passionate about this mission because uh, like you, I am deeply burdened uh, for young people. I mean, it's no secret that youth today are lost. I mean, you see it all around you today, don't you? It's like without God's truth guiding them, students are are tossed about and driven toward deadly decisions. Uh, All around us today, we see that uh, addictions and alternate lifestyles and suicide are are, are at an all-time high. Yet somehow in all of this cultural collapse uh, and brokenness in people's lives, millions of students in our world today have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ who alone can set them free. And this just doesn't seem right that the most powerful message in all of the world that can transform lives from the inside out uh, hasn't even been given to people who need to hear it the most. And, you know, this is just a, a problem we can't ignore, but it's also a problem that with God's help, we can actually solve. I mean, we, we don't know what people will do with the message, but we can bring them the message, can't we? And so wouldn't it be great? I mean, just think about this. Wouldn't it be great in our lifetime to see every person hear the message of Jesus Christ during the most spiritually formative years of their life? Uh, We believe this is possible. In fact, we believe this is something God wants done. But how are they going to hear? Well, Decision Point is a movement of staff and students, pastors and parents, teachers and prayer partners and financial supporters, all working together to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a generation that is in desperate need of salvation. And and while we all have a a big part that we can play in this, uh, Decision Point believes that God wants to use young people in a huge way to meet this great problem. So we're calling the next generation of believers to heed Christ's call, to be courageous witnesses for him, and to be champions for Christ and his kingdom. Now, listen, Decision Point, I believe, has some of the boldest students in all of America, and you're going to actually get to hear from one of them in the second half of this episode. And Decision Point leaders are bringing the gospel to their public schools by by personally witnessing for Christ, uh, by giving out Bibles on campus, by leading weekly Bible studies on campus, by hosting huge outreach events and following up with everybody who responds. And it's just great to see how God is working through them to help young people 
uh, learn to build their lives on the sure foundation of Christ and his word. Now, it's just so exciting to see how God's working through this mission, but it's not easy. I mean, you know as well as I do that we live in days of growing hostility to the Christian faith. Uh, Students know that standing for Christ today often requires standing alone. And it doesn't just mean standing alone. It means standing alone often in the face of, of, of opposition, of mockery, of outright hostility. It means standing even when we're facing questions or challenging objections that sometimes maybe we don't even know how best to answer. But in this moment, God's people have a choice to make, don't we? And, you know, the Lord is looking, I believe, in this moment for leaders who are ready to stand for Christ, to live for Christ, to witness for Christ, and to endure hardship for his name because he's worth it. And so that's why we've created this show, to help you stand strong for Jesus today, to help you live for him and witness for him like eternity's on the line because it is. And we want to help you endure whatever hardship God allows to come your way. Why? Because Jesus is worth it all. So if you're a student who is a leader for Christ today or wants to be a leader for Christ, this show is for you. If you want to grow in your walk with the Lord and your ability to witness for Christ, stay with us. You're going to be part of a community of like-minded leaders across the nation and by God's grace around the world who are living and witnessing for Christ like eternity is on the line. Uh, You're going to hear clear teaching from God's word that will help you stand on the firm foundation of his word. Uh, We're going to dive into topics like atheism and abortion and sexuality and gender and some of the top critiques that are coming at us by our hostile culture today. So stay tuned. And if you're a parent, a pastor, a teacher, or a youth leader of any kind, you're not going to want to miss the season that we've got lined up. We've got some staff and students and some fantastic guests coming in to share their expertise as well. If you're a prayer partner or a financial supporter decision point, I hope you'll be encouraged by the show as well. Uh, Basically, if you're anybody who's passionate about bringing the gospel to the next generation, if you want to see a generation rising who is saying, I have decided to follow Jesus, uh, then you've come to the right place. So stay tuned. Well, have you noticed that our world is looking a lot more like Babylon? I mean, more and more today, we see that we are exiles living in a pagan land full of idols and full of pressure to bow the knee. You know, in a world full of confusion, uh, in a world full of chaos and compromise, we need to be a generation who will be like Daniel uh, in the Bible. Uh, Now think about this. Daniel lived more than 2,500 years ago, but he still challenges us today. Uh, Let me get this. The decisions that Daniel made 2,500 years ago in Babylon can still guide us with the decisions before us as the people of God today. Now, as we look at the story of Daniel briefly for a few minutes together, first, we just have to imagine what it must have been like for Daniel being a young man, taken into captivity from Jerusalem, the city of God, and being marched hundreds of miles 
uh, into a distant land where people all around him are worshiping pagan gods. I mean, Daniel 1 starts like this. In the year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. What an amazing story Daniel 1 is. And it's interesting as we look at it that the Bible says that the Lord gave Israel into the hand of this pagan king. As bad as Daniel's situation was, isn't it encouraging to know that God was in charge of this situation? And so in our world today, no matter how bad it may be in our world, God is in charge of our situation as well, and that can give us great hope. Now, as we keep looking, the king, we see that the king commanded for some of the royal and noble youth of Israel to be brought into the king's palace. Now, catch what Daniel was facing here. It wasn't just that he was surrounded by people who believed differently than he did. I mean, he, he, he was, uh, here he was, an exile living in the courts of a pagan king who had a plan to indoctrinate Daniel with his pagan beliefs and values and lifestyle. Uh, the, text, the Bible tells us that, that they were to learn the literature and language of the Chaldeans. They would eat the king's food, drink the king's wine, and this three-year re-education program would culminate in standing before the king who held their very lives in his hand. I mean, talk about pressure, right? Now, Daniel could have responded in so many different ways. He could have caved. Uh, he could have actually been glad to cave and rejoice that he finally had a chance to spread his wings and sow his wild oats. Here he was far away from home. Nobody would be the wiser. He had an excuse. Or he could have just said, you know, I'm going to stay faithful, but I'm also just going to keep my head down and not rock the boat. But Daniel didn't do any of these things, and thank God he didn't. He did something drastically different. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 tells us this, Daniel resolved to not defile himself. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. You know, as we look at Daniel's life, I think there's so much for us as young people today. You know, Christian students today, like Daniel, are serving behind enemy lines. I mean, if you're a Christian student today, you are serving behind enemy lines. Uh, you know, like Daniel, you have a great challenge before you of how are you going to stay faithful in a, in a hostile world? How are you going to stay faithful in a system that is trying to indoctrinate you into the world's beliefs and lifestyles and values? And how do you resist the temptation to compromise, uh, to compromise the truth or bow the knee to the idols of our day. How do you stay faithful behind enemy lines? Well, first, like Daniel, you have to decide to stay faithful while serving behind enemy lines. I know that sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's so important that we make this decision to stay faithful no matter what uh, the world around us is doing. You know, nothing happens until you decide. So here's a question for you. Have you decided? Have you resolved in your heart before God to not defile yourself before a holy God? Have you made a solemn pledge that you will stay faithful to the Lord? It's so important that you make this critical decision today.
you see, it's not just friends, it's not just media, it's not just teachers, it's not just government leaders trying to get you to compromise your integrity, uh, deny the faith, or abandon the Lord. It's actually the devil himself. I mean, the Bible is clear that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against forces, and against the enemy, the devil himself. And here we are as, as exiled people living in what is in many ways still the devil's kingdom. And he is seeking to indoctrinate all of us with his beliefs, his values, and his lifestyles. And he hates you. And he wants to get you to compromise. He wants to get you uh, to bow the knee to idols today. And so do you want to let him win? Uh, or do you want to show your faithfulness to the Lord? Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Natalie, uh, who has been standing strong for the Lord, uh, serving behind enemy lines, going toe-to-toe with the Satanists at her school. And then after that, I'll share a few final words of encouragement from the book of Daniel to help us stay faithful as well. Hey, we're so excited. We're joined today by Natalie. Natalie is a student leader with Decision Point in Tucson, Arizona, and Natalie has just been a fantastic example of standing strong in the midst of real challenges. Natalie, welcome. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you. Well, listen, tell us a little bit about just what motivated you to share the gospel at your high school. So at my school, there was a huge um, LGBTQ plus presence, and the school is really amazing at being very inclusive, and I wanted all of my peers to know that no matter what they identify as, that God loves them no matter what, and that they have to take the step to accept him, but also to let them know that like, hey, like you're welcome to club, like it doesn't matter who you are, you're welcome. Well, that's great. And I love your heart to share the love of Christ and the forgiveness uh, of sins that we can have in him with everybody at your school. Well, Nat, I know it wasn't easy. So tell us, what were, what were some of the challenges that you started facing when you set out to start a Christian club at your high school? So we had faced adversity from the very beginning. Um, our admin had given us um, a set date that we could have flyers and stuff up. And then when our other clubs started being made later, they were allowed to have their flyers up for longer. And we were told like we couldn't have Bible verses on our posters. And we had another club that was started, which was a Satanist club. That a was Satanist club. You actually have... had a Satanist club start at your school. Yes. Um, and when they had their flyers up, they were allowed to have their verses. So that's intense. You're talking, you're trying to start a club at your school and you're getting all this pushback, but Satanist clubs just giving the green light, having Satanist Bible verses up on their posters, whatever that even means, right? Yeah. So, and with the Satanist club being started, the people that started it had told other students um that they only started the club to get back at me from a personal vendetta from last year wow so i mean that's uh that's intense to hear um 
but I mean, what is, what's that feel like? I mean, what's it like to be a student at a school knowing a, somebody started a Satanist club at their school just to get back at you? I mean, I've never gone through that. What's, what was that feeling like at that moment? Obviously, I was very hurt by it. And yeah, there was a point where I even considered stopping the club altogether because um, there was a lot of pushback from admin and students and it was making it really difficult but I had some very good friends who continued to help me alongside. I had Eric and Bree um, cheering me on, coaching me and so I still felt really good with continuing it Um, and just being that one person who was going to spread the light in the school and because I had done that, the Satanist Club ending ended up dwindling out within like six months. No kidding. And so we had continued all year and they had like stopped. And so it felt good to know that in a way we had won. That's amazing. And I know you had even some students that had been part of the Satanist clubs come and hear the gospel and check things out. Can you tell us about any interaction that you had in terms of sharing the gospel with people that had actually been part of the Satanist club at your school? So there was this one student who I was friends with, and he originally had said, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Satanist. And like, um, I don't believe in God and all that. And as I got to know him more, I started him in inviting him to my church and I invited him to club one day and he started going to club and he ended up saying like, look, I'm not a Satanist because I was asking him what he thought that meant and he didn't even know. So he didn't even know. Yeah, he didn't even know what it meant. And so I was talking with him about it and he ended up saying like, look, I'm not a Satanist. And I met his parents and his parents had him growing up in the church. And so it was really interesting to see how he had completely gone away from it. But he had his sister and his dad and um, his family started going to my church and we ended up doing, wow. I believe, either See You at the Pole or an outreach week. And he was helping us to make that happen, even though he didn't believe. Wow. Well, I bet there's a lot more you could share about that. Now, I know you had a lot of challenges in getting the club going and in challenges from other students. I know you also had some challenges, you know, when you were trying to lead your outreaches, even just with administrators, um, with some Bibles that you had brought on campus. Can you tell us about that story for a minute? Yeah. So we had brought Bibles and gospel tracts and we had brought like T-shirts, glasses, the phone wallets. We had brought all of that to the school. Man, you were going for it. Yeah, we we were ready and we had everything set up. We told admin, we said, look, we're going to have this here for a little bit. And they were like, "Okay, cool. You can leave this up in the front office. So we did. And that day for club, we had went through everything. We organized it. We counted everything we had and we were ready. And next day we come to school, the boxes are gone. And we go to our principal and he says, oh, yeah, the I didn't know it was yours 
even though we had talked to him about it. He said, didn't know it was yours. Um, and the cleaners took it out and threw it away and he didn't stop them. They just threw them away. I think we had like 20 Bibles thrown away and like so much more that was just tossed. So how did, how did you feel in that moment? And what, so what, and what did you do? I originally was very angry and I, I didn't really know what to do because I mean, it's gone. So I, after the end of school day, when I got my phone back, I messaged Bree and I was like, look, they got rid of all of our supplies for the outreach week. Um, and so we were trying to figure out what to do legally if the school needed to um, reimburse us or what needed to happen. Um, we ended up not doing anything and um, we ended up getting more supplies and um, ended up not doing the outreach week because of that and a lot of other pushbacks we were also getting. Yeah, that's that's intense. You know, I, Natalie, I I used to live in uh, an Eastern European country not long after communism fell. And when I heard your story about your Bibles, I thought, you know, uh, when school leaders are stealing kids' Bibles and throwing them away, uh, that that's not a good sign for where we're at as a country. Uh, so, boy, that's a that's a tough situation you went through. Um, maybe could you tell us any any more about what you know, this is a, this is a long journey you went through. I know this was a very long and difficult school year. It wasn't just like it was hard for a moment. It was hard for lots of moments and hard in lots of different ways. Um, was it worth it? I, it definitely was worth it in the end. Um, with doing See You at the Pole and doing the uh, spring outreach week, we did end up seeing some students and teachers step out and boldly say, like, like we had teachers and students pray with us at See You at the Pole. We had students getting Bibles, getting pizza at our outreach week. And it was really incredible to see that. But it was really difficult to try and continually fight with my admin at my school all year long, um, especially because we weren't a T TUSD school. Um, we were our own thing. And so our um, higher-ups, I guess you could say, our uh, board was the same teachers and admin that I was dealing with on the daily. So if we had tried to raise it to like the superintendent, it would have gone to my principal. Well, that's kind of a conflict of interest, it sounds yeah. like, right? So um, it was really difficult to try and go through all that, but I'm still glad I did it because I learned a lot from it. And going into this next school year um, at a different school, and I'm ready to take on the challenge again. And I heard from Bree and Eric that there is already a student who is wanting to take on the challenge at that school. And so knowing that I will have constant help um, through Decision Point and meeting somebody, I think that's going to be very, very helpful. Well, Natalie, we're so grateful for you and your example. I guess just as we're closing, uh, what would you say to any student who's either thinking about doing something hard for the Lord at their school 
or even a student who who's right there in that type of a situation where things are just tough. What, what would you say to them? Keep going. It's worth it in the end. And something that I personally was always taught growing up was I would rather be hated by somebody here on earth and see them in heaven than to be liked by them here and them not get to experience heaven. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, what a word to end on. Natalie, thank you so much for your example. Thanks for taking time to come on and encourage us and all of our listeners today. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Well, wasn't that so great to hear from Natalie? Well, listen, how do we stay faithful serving behind enemy lines in our own lives? Well, like Daniel, we have to decide to not defile ourselves. So let me share three powerful truths from the book of Daniel that will help us do just that. Number one, God blessed Daniel's costly obedience. God blessed Daniel's costly obedience. Look, God saw Daniel uh, to be someone who could be was faithful in little and soon God decided to let him be faithful and much. Uh, uh, God actually promoted Daniel to be one of the most powerful people in all of Babylon. Now listen, I am not saying that if you be faithful to the Lord in high school, he's going to promote you to high political office in our land. Uh, though wouldn't that be great if he did that for some of you? Uh, not at all. But here is a promise uh, from the Lord that you can bank on. Uh, in, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 2, verse 30, God says this, Those who honor me, I will honor. So honor God with your faithfulness, and he will honor you. Uh, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a great <laughs> deal to me. Uh, let's not chase the approval of man or the world's applause. We live for an audience of one. Honor the Lord with your faithfulness, and he will be faithful to honor you. Number two, God used Daniel's witness. I mean, Daniel must have looked crazy to the people around him. What are you nuts? Not drink the king's wine, eat the king's food. Uh, it looks great. It looks delicious. And who do you think you are? Are you trying to get yourself killed? Uh, but Daniel's faithfulness and his courage to stand strong, to say no to the world's pleasures and pressures, uh, was a powerful witness to those around him. And you have to remember saying yes to being a witness for God requires us to say no to the world many times. Uh, but God used Daniel's courage to say no, and it ultimately led to Nebuchadnezzar himself becoming a worshiper of the one true God. Was it worth it? <laughs> you bet it was worth it. Uh, so too in our world, when we stay faithful to Jesus, even when it means making decisions that look crazy to those around us, God will use that faithfulness in ways that we could never imagine today to bear fruit in people's lives that we may never see but will last for eternity. And number three, God was with Daniel every step of the way. Uh, Daniel had to be ready to stand alone and to go through the fire, but God was with him every step of the way. Uh, and he has promised to be with you as well. And he's watching you. I mean, it would have been so easy for Daniel to think he was all alone, to think maybe he could get away with things that nobody would notice. Uh, but Daniel was a good student of the Bible. He knew Psalm 139 where David says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you've known me. 
You know when I sit, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar, even before a word is on my tongue, you know it altogether. I mean, if God knew a word on David's tongue before he even said it, then God certainly knew whether Daniel was staying faithful in his life. Uh, And like David, uh, Daniel also knew there was no place that he could go to hide from the sight of God. And he could know that while he was standing for God, God was also standing right there with him. So how about you? Will you be so resolved to stay faithful and to stand strong as a witness for Christ, serving behind enemy lines? Well, let me share with you our decision point pledge. And listen, if this expresses your heart before the Lord, I encourage you to make it your pledge as well. So we just say this, by God's grace, I will stand for Christ as one committed to the truth of God's word. I will not be ashamed of his testimony or bow down to the idols of today. I will live for Christ, focused on his purposes, not my own. I will be a leader who is daily fed by God's word, fueled by prayer, and filled by his Holy Spirit. I will live a life of faith, boldness, and faithfulness with all that the Lord has entrusted to me. I will witness for Christ. Because the love of Christ compels me, I will pray for the lost, give God's word to those around me, and regularly share the good news of Jesus who alone can save and set them free. I will endure hardship for Christ. I will not quit or back down when things are hard or painful, but will count it all joy when I meet various trials. I will look to Jesus for strength, knowing he endured the cross and its shame, and will trust him to use all things for my good and his glory. I pledge all of this for Christ because he is worth it. Friends, I hope you will make the decision today to live your life by these principles under the Lord. So join us this year as we look at each of these four pillars. Stand for Christ, live for Christ, witness for Christ, endure hardship for his name because he is worth it. Now listen, join us next week. We're going to be joined by Brad Dacus, uh, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, Brad's going to share some good news with us and even important information that even while our world and its values and beliefs are looking a lot more like Babylon, here in America, we still have religious freedom and incredible legal rights to share the gospel with those around us, even and especially in our public schools. And in the meantime, would you help us spread the word about this podcast? Uh, Here's how you can help. You can subscribe. uh, You can leave a five-star review. You can uh, share it with others, your leadership team, uh, your Christian club, uh, parents, pastors, your youth group. Uh, You can share it on your social media. We'll even make episodes that you can share with an unsaved friend. We'd love to hear from you how the Lord's using this in your life or things that you'd love for us to cover. You can write to us at podcast at decisionpoint.org. So in the meantime, let's stay faithful to the Lord knowing he is worth it.